Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Season 5 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. Good evening and welcome to Eye in the Future. This is Season 5, Episode 12. And today is Thursday, uh, June 17, 2021. I'm your host, Paula Placa, along with our in-house spiritual guru, Jim Elkin, and our resident psychic extraordinaire, phenomenal life coach and relationship expert, Lady Fontaine. She's known as America's number one love psychic. A warm welcome to those of you watching us live on social media platforms such as Facebook and YouTube. And for those of you uh, watching us on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button below to be notified of our new shows. We welcome your comments below the live streaming. Be sure to check out Facebook for details where and when to view the live shows, specials, discounts, love, relationship, prosperity, and manifesting tips, and much more. Since since we are live streaming, for those who don't know, James Elkin is our in-house spiritual guru. Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. And, of course, our lovely psychic (laughs) and phenomenal relationship expert, Lady Fontaine. In case you're wondering, she's the one with the pink earphones, headphones. Remember, if you miss a show, you'll be able to catch up with us at any time on our YouTube channel or listen to it on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or any other podcast distributor. Please visit our YouTube channel and Facebook page called I Am The Future Radio Show. We have a jam-packed show tonight. As we announced on our last show, we are all offering 50% discounts for our services to listeners and viewers. So stay tuned for this show's secret code. And later in the show, we'll uh, send that out to you to take advantage of this limited time offer. Our phone lines are open. Our switchboard is lighting up. And we want to hear from you. We'll be taking your calls tonight throughout the show at 319-527-6216. That's 319-527-6216. Call us tonight on the intriguing topic of the art of letting go or any other topic that you would like to discuss. We're here to answer your questions. Don't forget to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and like us and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Be sure to like us, hit subscribe. And for those of you watching on YouTube, a a quick reminder to callers, please have one question for Lady Fontaine. For general questions like when will Bill call or when will I get a new job, please visit Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Since the show is your brainchild, Lady Fontaine, I want to turn the mic over to you. But before I do, how was your birthday week? I know you had a lot of plans with friends. I also celebrate the whole week on my birthday. I know, but I think I'm, (laughs) I'm into week two already in celebrating my birthday since a friend of mine took me out the other day. So it's been really spectacular. I spent, um, I mean, the first celebration I think was Memorial Day, then on my birthday, then the day after my birthday, then uh, I went on a friend's boat, then um, 
last week, it's been great. It's really been spectacular. Um, I guess turning 39 is really a big deal because my friends made a real big deal over it this year. So it was exciting. Thank you for asking. Yeah, that happened to me two months ago, 39. (laughs) That's right. You're younger than me by by a month and a a half. Something like that, yeah. You're May something, right? May what? April. Oh, April? Oh, wow. Yeah, so you are quite a bit older. (laughs) 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 And actually, our next show, after we come back from hiatus, is going to be on astrology. So would you do our charts for us or at least, like, come up with some... I'd be happy to. That would be fun. Paul, don't forget to send your birth information. Do you know where you were born and what time? I have to double check on the time, but I, I do know the location. All right. Okay. Yeah, so I, then I you can maybe get some highlights. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, we have a little bit of time because we are going to take a bit of, of a hiatus. So We're going to take a break so, when in the uh, in, um well, um, I think this is our last show until June, July, June, June, July 20, July, no, 29th. July 29th. Yeah. Sorry. I, I think um, so, uh, the last show will be June 27th. Is that correct? No, Jim is going to be on some oh, motorcycle right. thing. Okay. <laughs> so, some Harley right. thing, and right? there's no shows in July. We'll return in yeah. August. Um <laughs> All right, so we're we're going to take a little break. So, Jill, you uh, you mentioned um, your soul tribe. Can you explain what that is? Oh yeah, well I <laughs> did. You just do that. Can you hit rewind? I'm a little. Uh... <laughs> I must have missed it when I was trying to set up all the technology stuff. No, did you already I, I say was... it. No, I said it to you before the show. So um, what, yes, what the soul tribe is, is a lot of people, um, you know, know soulmates. And basically what we do is we reincarnate in groups of people. And there are people that we lifetime after lifetime after lifetime reincarnate with. And when you find somebody who's a member of your soul tribe, you know it. It's like you've known them forever. You connect in all kinds of ways. And what I was telling you before the show started is that um, I did spend some time on my birthday week with people from my soul tribe. And it was fabulous. It really, really was. You really connect with people in a different way. I didn't even know you listened. I thought you were so busy doing all that setup that stuff. I didn't even know you heard me. <laughs> I have two ears. See, so one, see you listen better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what a soul tribe is. Jim, do you have any other input into that? Um, yeah, well, it, it's it's true that there's uh, groups of people or, or beings, I should say, because uh, it's not just individual people, but it's all kinds of creatures, animals and and oh. whatnot are part of your soul tribe, if you want to call it that. Um, we, 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 we've never had a word for it in the, in the things that I've studied. It's just the awareness that we're all linked by, by our karma. 
And and so in uh, there's another side to it too, and that is that uh, people that we really would rather not have around us are sometimes linked to us as well. <laughs> so that's a part of your soul tribe, and just like in a real tribe, where you don't have the the, the power of deciding who's a member all by yourself, uh, your soul tribe might also have members that are not very uh, favorable to you. But, but what I how we... feel. Go ahead. Okay, what I feel is that our true soulmates are the ones that really, really hurt us the most because they're the ones that we learn the greatest lessons from. And I oh, believe sure. when, we're, when we're in between lifetimes, we'll pick like our most treasured, you know, comrade and say, mm-hmm. I need you to help me. I need you to teach me a lesson in this lifetime so I could get rid of this once and for all and deal with it. And that is your true soulmate. So Jim's right. They, we travel with the good, the bad, and the ugly. It also but, explains why some people, uh, you, you don't like some people, or some people you'd rather not have around, but some of your best friends are close friends with them. And you, it's like sometimes it's hard for me to figure out, how can you be a friend of that person? He's so disgusting. Right? <laughs> and what you? does that say about me? If you can be friends with them, exactly. what's wrong right. with me? Some, something's wrong somewhere here, and that's what it is. It's it's not that that person is really in, you know inherently disgusting. It's just that your energies don't meld as well. But they're, you're you're karmically linked to that person. You have no choice. You know you are part of that tribe too. Well, don't you learn your your greatest lessons from people that might not necessarily be uh, pleasant oh, yeah. to be around? Like when you say, "Oh, that person yes. really pushes my buttons," that's yes. like where the greatest lessons can come from because. You're challenged by them. You're challenged to be a better person, a more patient person, and when you don't want to be. (laughs) But they are truly our soulmates as well. We don't think of those people as our soulmates, but they are. Right. And maybe we're a lesson for them. Sometimes we're so wrapped up in ourselves, we don't recognize that I don't like this person, but maybe you're in their life for them instead of always focusing on yourself. You know, it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be a lesson for them sometimes. You just don't know. Often. Yeah, often. So is, is there anything special that our followers can do to draw in their soul family and be more welcoming of the lessons without having to feel like their soulmate has to be a, a pleasant experience? You know, what tips do you have for them? Well, I would say meditation. Even, you know, there's all those um, apps out there right now, or even if you're on YouTube or iTunes, all those frequency, um, you know, music or sounds. I believe all of that helps us get into a better emotional state and also a higher frequency. And it's that higher frequency that's going to help draw us to both our soulmates and our soul tribe. But I also feel, put your intent out there, I want to find my soul tribe. Intent is like, uh, you know, to me, one of the most magical things. If you go through life without a purpose, you're never going to find anything. But if you set your intent and have a purpose, you're going to find it. Or they're going to find you. Right. You're going to draw them in magnetically almost. Yeah, but be careful. Be careful what you ask for. Exactly. <laughs> so, what do you mean by that? Tell me what you mean. I know. I know what you mean, but how in that when we're trying I, to draw in our soul tribe? 
well, it, in, in the soul tribe in particular, or the soul mate in particular, um, <clears throat> what I've seen is that people often will have a laundry list of things that they want to see in that person. And the things that are in that laundry list have to be spoken very carefully so that they uh, don't get something they didn't want. Yeah, but doesn't that always happen that, you know, you can't come up with a list so extensive with wants and don't wants. You always get don't wants along with the wants. I mean, oh, yeah. it's par for the course. Of course. But I mean, if, if somebody asks for someone who's strong and then that person turns out to be, you know, too strong or, or you know, too protective or, you know, things like that, it, it's kind of, it kind of has to be tempered. And that's what I'm saying is you want to, you want to be very careful of what you ask for. Is it better? Because sometimes I think it's better to give a high view picture, you know, an overview rather than the nitty gritty, unless there's things that are very, very important. Like I'm very deep. I'm emotionally deep and spiritually deep. So I would not match with somebody who didn't have that intuitiveness or that, that depth. Um, so for me, that's important. But if you get into every single nitty gritty that you want, how many people fit that bill? Well, no, that's I, of course, of course. <laughs> I'm just saying the things that you stipulate, the things that you specify have to be very carefully stated. That's all. Um, I, I agree. So could you give a hint like uh, how to do that? Um, like if you do want somebody strong, you use that. Or if I do want somebody deep, how do I? How would I word that? Strong yet sensitive. Ah. Uh, Pro- protective and not violent. Big. Okay. Big. Um, that's that's kind of the thing I'm talking about. Not abusive in any way. Um, and trying to trying not to using the word not. <laughs> so right. supportive, supportive instead of abusive, you know, uh, things like that, uh, trying to be positive in the messages that you put into that. That's, uh, that's the idea. Well, the reason I, I was laughing before when, when Jim brought that up is because I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on one of the shows that when I was younger, I was in my early 20s and I prayed for strength and wisdom. Um, not not understanding that strength and wisdom comes through overcoming challenges. Yeah. So I thought I would just wake up the next day strong and wise. Like, oh, no, I went through 10 years of hell. And, you know, all those life experiences is what gives you strength and wisdom. So be careful what you wish for, because in order to get those things, uh, you have to you have to do the work. That's right. Right. But would you change anything in the big picture of things? Because you are who you are. You are who you are based on your experience. You would? Yeah, I would. I I have some some serious regrets about some of my choices and my behavior in my my 20s for sure. I mean, it's not that I I would um, want to avoid the the pain I caused myself. I would want to fix the pain I caused other people uh, from the choices I made as a young man. Yeah, I would change those things. From a karmic standpoint, Jim, um, is yes. there a way to do that, or is there a way for him to, so he's not tied to these people indefinitely? Um, there, there are ways, but they're very Buddhist. 
I can that I helps. can do Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> I can do some quiet meditation and uh, abstain from meat, whatever. whatever it is. <laughs> well, the real problem is that the person that 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 you have uh, uh, this this connection that you'd like not to have with uh, also has that connection. So it's a two way thing. Right. Just because you uh, uh, dissolve your side doesn't mean they'll dissolve their side. But right. The best the best way to do something along that line is to counteract it with positive intention. Exactly. So, yeah. So in, in Buddhist uh, uh, thinking, we talk about compassion a lot. And, and so having compassion, uh, if you, if you're thinking some nice thoughts, think that they should have them too. If you're going by a beautiful house, you know, offer the house to them in, a, in, in your mind, you know, you don't have yeah. to actually buy it and offer it to them. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, I, I've, I've done that. No, by tell them to and, do that. Right? I think that's good. Hey, well, you got to straighten out with me, Paul. <laughs> well, a- after one of my relationships ended really badly, um, people would ask me about my former, you know, partner, and I would say, um, I wish her nothing but the best, and I'm going to keep on saying that until it's true. <laughs> Brainwash yourself. And eventually it did become true, but at the time I didn't yeah. wish her anything but ill. And you know, I just kept on saying it. I wish yeah. her nothing but the best until that becomes true. And then when I started feeling that, um, you know, I felt a lot better. Yeah. That's a perfect segue into tonight's show because really learning how to let go. Letting go isn't only about letting go of a person or letting go of, you know, a thing. It's about you can let go of those bad feelings. You can let go right. of the regrets. You can let go of a lot of that stuff. So we'll get into that a little bit later on. But that's a like perfect that. segue. It really is. Well, be sure to, be, uh, to stay tuned, everyone. We're going to be taking calls throughout the show. And our new number here is 319-527-6216. As a reminder, we have a few ads running in various places. Uh, we are looking for a social media manager who can do regular posts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and they'd be responsible for posting graphics and social media campaigns. During the show, you will help with screening calls and, if desired, introduce callers on the air and, in general, being part of our great team here. There's no pay yet, but you do get great um, access to Lady Fontaine for either psychic advice or life coaching. I had one session uh, this week. It was phenomenal. I can't wait to dig in and get to work on the advice that she's, she's given me so far. And plus, it's great exposure Looks great on your resume. If you're interested, please email us at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com. Radioshow at ladyfontaine.com for our social media manager. Uh, we just need a resume, contact info, and a photo. Lady Fontaine or her assistant star will contact you if you're right for the job. And one other thing, not only are they going to be posting graphics, but they can use their creativity and come up with the graphics. Right, Paul? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I've been I having mean, a lot could... of fun doing it. You have, really? Of course. <laughs> I love I love playing with Photoshop. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> but that would be an opportunity for somebody to do that as well. And, you know, like even my personal, not my personal, but my Lady Fontaine page um, needs help. It <laughs> needs a lot of help because I never post anything. I don't. So it's, please, it's another... please, 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 please be out there and volunteer. Yeah. I'll well, give you readings every week. Welcome that Intense. energy in, right? We're going to think positively and, and uh, let that, that flow in. We need some, another partner here to help us out. 
Sounds you know, plus good. it'll make four on the screen and we'll have a square. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, right? Instead of somebody always being where Paul is right, right now. <laughs> Although I like being in that spot. So on the we screen. Are, tonight we have a, a special guest caller. Are you, we ready to talk to our guest? Yes. Um, now, actually, um, I've asked my friend Pete um, to be on the show, Dr. Peter Hunt. Now, I've known Pete for 20 years, and um, when I was living in that area, obviously, he was my chiropractor, but <clears throat> he's also a really good friend, and he's gone through some really um, interesting times, and his um, growth and his awareness is really inspirational and that's why i asked them to come on the show so i'm really very very honored to introduce my friend dr peter hunt and he wants to share his story and his well his very inspirational story with all of us pete are you on the air are you on the phone are you there hang on i am there is hey pete yes well, welcome okay. to the show. Well, welcome to the show. Well, thank, well, well, thanks very much. It was interesting listening in. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was uh, gonna, if I was allowed to chime in or not, because there were several spots, and it's like I was dying to say something, but I didn't. Oh. So, I, um, so I held my tongue because I figured that's what I was supposed to do. Thank well, you. you were on, you were muted, but if you want to add in oh. any comments to anything that we we spoke about, feel free to do so. Okay, well, real real quick, there was something that you were talking about, about people pushing our buttons. Um, yes. And being around people that push the buttons and so on. And it always reminded me of this uh, this thing that I heard when I first got involved with metaphysics like 25 years ago, the parable of the orange. Uh, squeeze an orange, what comes out is what's inside. It doesn't matter who squeezes it. It doesn't matter the time of day, time of year, whatever. The person who squeezes what is what's inside. I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt you, but but you're you're spe- you must be using speakerphone because it's not very clear, and so it's hard to understand you. Oh, I'm oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I turned it off speakerphone. How is that? Is is this a little better? Yes. Seems like that's it. Yeah. Better. Yes. Okay. Okay. I, I just let the phone drop because I'm so used to speaking on speakerphone. So, apologize for that. No problem. So you're so reading a you- parable. Yeah, yeah. Tell us could about you the repeat parable that? No, the, the parable about the orange. Uh, when you squeeze an orange, what comes out is what's inside. It doesn't matter who does the squeezing. It doesn't matter the time of day. Uh, nothing else matters because when a person is squeezed, what comes out is what's inside, and the person doing the squeezing did not put it there. So, uh, so part of the letting go is to figure out, well, how did that, how did that negative emotion get there to begin with and be thankful for the person doing the squeezing? I have never heard that. I've never heard that. And you've never told me that before. And that does make a lot of sense. I'm sitting here smiling, hearing you say that. Um, So thank you for sharing that. Well, that that was, that was the one thing I wanted to jump in with. It's one of the first things I remember hearing actually the person that a lot of people start out with when they start looking in the metaphysical environment, I heard him talk about that. 
eons ago. Um, your connection, um, you're on a cell phone, right? All right. You, you keep on going in and out. And I know you don't have a landline. I know you don't. No, I don't. Um, are you moving around? Nope, I'm sitting on the ground. Oh, that's a good place. You're grounded. (laughs) Hey, that was like a joke. (laughs) Oh, well, it worked for me. (laughs) Um, Well, hopefully we're going to be able to hear you through this because you have a fascinating story. And I just want to sort of um, set this scenario up a little bit. Um, Could I mention um, where you are and the name of your practice? Pete? Yeah, you can mention what you can mention whatever you want. All right. So, um, as I mentioned, this is Dr. Peter Hunt, and his practice is integrative uh, medicine or integrative chiropractic. In, integrated health. Integrated healthcare. Okay, integrated healthcare <laughs> in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. And like I said, Pete and I have known each other for a really long time, and Pete is very, very spiritual. And through the years, I've worked with Pete in giving him psychic advice on um, where I saw him going. And I've always seen Pete expanding and, and expanding and getting involved with many different people. I mean, you know, some chiropractors or medical professionals are just on a single track. I always felt Pete was going to expand, bring other people in, get involved with all these different modalities. And along the way, he would talk to me about it. And I would feel the puzzle pieces sort of falling into place. And I would say, well, we've got that one and there's still more out there. Or, gee, that one feels perfect. And other ones don't feel so right that he talks to me about. But it's been an amazing process watching his growth in the past 20 years. So when Pete told me about a month or a month and a half ago, whatever it was, that he didn't feel well, um, we, and he didn't really tell me he didn't feel well. I don't remember how he set the stage, but um, certainly I could feel in his energy sounded and felt very, very weak. And I was very, 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 very concerned. I was telling my friends that I, I didn't know how to tell him to go over to the emergency room because Pete is spiritual and he's, he pulls on the more spiritual solutions. You know, there's, you know, a holistic thing. There's, you know, I just have to think in a certain way and everything's going to magically be better. Um, But I saw him going downhill and I was very, 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 very concerned. I was literally losing sleep over it because I didn't know how to get him to wake up to the reality of his situation. And that's where I'm going to turn it over to Pete to start filling in some of the details and also talk about his wake-up call. Okay. Um, no, you, you and I had spoken several times, and I was trying to be as vague as possible but obviously with, with what you do and, and the gifts that you have, uh, I wasn't able to deflect any of that. And you were, you were pretty much hitting everything, you know, right, right on the nose. And it was becoming more and more evident that, uh, that I did have to do something medically. And um, it took 
my massage therapist and the gentleman who owns the hair salon next to me. We share a parking lot to get together, and, and between the two of them, they were able to pull my head out of my rectum and get me over to the emergency room, which is where I needed to be. <laughs> but when I spoke to Pete, like we spoke every day, like Monday, <clears throat> he wasn't doing well. Tuesday, he wasn't doing well. <clears throat> Wednesday, I was really concerned. And Thursday, I was sitting outside of, I was going for genetic testing, and I was sitting outside of the doctor's office, and I called Pete before I went in. And <clears throat> I said, I asked him three questions. I said, um, are you dealing with any swelling or edema? And he said, yes. I said, <clears throat> do you have any chest pains? He said, yes. And what was the third thing I asked you, Pete? Well, well, I had a little bit of chest pain. It was shortness of breath. Shortness of breath was the other thing I asked him. Do you have shortness of breath? And he said, yes. And then I said to you. No, you said there's something serious going on that needs, it needs medical attention and it needs it like right now. You and I both knew what it was at that point. You admitted finally oh. what it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. There was no doubt about it. It's, it's, uh, it, it was impossible to ignore. <laughs> well, continue with your story. You did a very good job at ignoring it. You're a pro well, I, at that. Well I, well, I did. I did. And to back up a little bit, um, it's, it's from the beginning part of the year, my mother, who passed away back in March, her health went downhill uh, very, very quickly, and she ended up passing away on, uh, what was it, St. Patty's Day. But I was still going up to visit her and so on because I knew if I, you know, when I, it, it would, I would have to stop four or five times to, you know, to walk 100 yards to where her room was, you know, to catch my breath. But I still kept going up there. Um and uh, it took another few weeks after she passed to finally, okay, you need to go to the hospital. And, and obviously, I'm glad I finally listened and, and I went, which is exactly where I needed to be. And because I realized, <clears throat> well, because I realized that if, if I had gone sooner, and once again, it's not an excuse, but if I had gone sooner, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, see her before she passed. And I wouldn't have been able to uh, visit her the way I did. So, but once again, that was, you know, those were the choices that I made, so. And what did the doctors tell you when you got to the hospital? Um, uh, well, I had, I was in congestive heart failure. Um, when I went to the, they, I ended up losing, I went into the hospital weighing about 260. I left the hospital weighing about 230, and I'm right now about 218 pounds. All of the all of demon swelling. Wow. So I was I was basically filled up like the Michelin Man. Mm-hmm. And what did the doctor tell you about um, <clears throat> what would have happened if you didn't make it over to the hospital when you did? Well, if, well, if I hadn't gone to, I, I I wouldn't have lasted more than a couple more days. And what did um, you learn from that experience? Um, well, one of the one of the big things, first of all, is there's 
there's a there's a time and a place for everything. The metaphysical stuff is great, and I continue to practice that. But there are certainly times where a person needs to needs to reach out and needs to reach out for the appropriate help. But then I also realized too, and I I talked to you on the phone about this when I was in the hospital, um, that realizing that you know there's a lot I ha- there's a lot of people around me who who care and want to see me do well and want me to be well and uh, and to not acknowledge that was not fair to the, it wasn't fair to myself and it wasn't fair to them either and so pick up call in that in that regard but then it went even deeper as we talked about where um you know why didn't i feel i deserved to you know to get the help or to get better so there was something there were things hiding below the surface uh that 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 was blocking me from going for help because the signs were obvious there's no way anybody could have missed them right i mean like 40 pounds of fluid is unbelievable to have in your body. Oh, yeah. And I had a number of patients tell me, boy, you look terrible. Terrible and and the body is so on. And you were seeing patients during that time? Absolutely. Wow. We're losing you, Pete. I, I was, I was, I did take a week off before I went to the hospital up in Finland. I was seeing people, so yeah, and and I would, I would, I would come home in this, uh, so as much as I until I realized that it finally got to me that this is this is really ridiculous, and so. Not only going to the hospital, obviously, which is what I should have, have done, but being able to reach out to Jill and talk to her about it, because we've known each other for a long time, and, and we've helped each other in various things over the years, um, is, uh, this is, yeah, this is, there has to be some sort You're of You're breaking up here. really bad, Pete. We can hardly hear uh, you. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. But there's there's some sort of a pattern there that's been there for quite a long time. And until I start to address that, then uh, then I'm not really going to learn what I need to learn from this and really live up to uh, learn the lessons that I'm supposed to be learning from this. So um, once again, knowing Jill for a long time, I've met, we've talked about many different things, but we never talked about the life coaching that she does. And uh, so she offered her services. I've done two sessions with her, and they've been they've been phenomenal. Um, Pete, Pete is really he's phenomenal at doing this. Um, you know, we'll tap into an, an emotion, and he'll trace it right back to when he was a week old, and feel the sense of he's he's adopted. Um, and Pete, how old were you when your parents adopted you? Uh, about nine months. So his first nine months were basically in a foster home and he's able to go back to those very lonely experiences or those lonely moments in his childhood and he taps right into it and he, he, he gets, he gets it. 
I mean, he's doing beautifully. But what I'm most impressed about, Pete, is your openness, your awareness, and you've never looked at this experience. You were near death, and you've never looked at the experience in a negative way. You've only looked at it from an inspirational way and what you're gaining from it. I mean, I've never seen somebody so happy to be in the hospital and love every single person (laughs) in the hospital, the nurses, the doctors, everybody he loved, everybody, and the people that stepped up to the plate and showed their concern and helped helped Pete when he was, you know, like somebody took care of his cats, You know, somebody was driving him to the hospital, picking him up. Um, People were visiting. They were calling. They, you know, I mean, Pete, who I think thought that he didn't have anybody, discovered that he had a heck of a lot of people there for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. But also realizing, and this is part of what we're going through with, uh, your life coaching and so on is realizing that I deserve that. This is everybody deserves it. You know, they deserve to have people in their life. They deserve to have people, you know, they deserve to have people who care about them and them, you know, and then myself caring of other people. It's not just cutting, cutting oneself off, which is what I've done for years. And you have done that for years. I mean, you really have. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. from a personal um, connection. I mean, you, you go into Pete's office, he is the most friendly, um, talkative, happy, upbeat chiropractor I think I've ever been to in my life. But inside, he wasn't any of that. And I think he was very much a loner and very much living almost like a hermit. Wouldn't you say? Like, do you ever have a company? No. No, I do look like the hermit. Right. He does. Well, I think that's changing. I told him when I'm up there, we're going to dinner. So it'll be the first time in 20 years we've gone out to dinner. There we go. (laughs) There we go. That'll be nice. And and the the first time we had a session, we had a life coaching session, that was the most I've cried in for as long as I can remember. And it felt so good to be able to do that. And it was, and it was a spontaneous reaction to whatever was going on at the time. And it just, it felt wonderful. Uh, I would like to share a couple things that are going on now though, residual stuff, which, which tells me that, that blocks are being removed. Um, you and I had talked about this last week. Um, for the last four or five, six years or whatever, um, I kind of, I've been getting, I get more and more freaked out about storms, like big thunderstorms and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that doesn't, I, we had a, you know, we had some huge thunderstorms come through the area a couple of weeks ago. It didn't, didn't bother me at all. I was out in the front porch watching them and I, I really, wow. wow. And the other, and the other thing is like a lot of people, I like to listen to stuff when I'm in bed on YouTube, you know, different, you know, different people and so on. And a lot of times when I used to listen to stuff, especially when it comes about that, that, that I study myself, which is a Christian miracles, and other things, I would listen to people, and I would get very judgmental about it. It's like, well, they're not doing it right. I don't agree with this. I don't agree with that. 
And now I find myself just enjoying it and listening to it and getting out of it what I'm supposed to get out of it with no judgment whatsoever. And that's for me, that's a huge change. And that is a very beneficial change in life to not be judgmental because you were probably blocking and missing a lot of things that, you know, were important to you. So, oh, no, you know, there's no, and, no, there's no, there's no doubt about that because there's certain people that, uh, that, that, that teach the course and talk about the course that I've been very critical of in the past. And I find myself listening to them. It's like, oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. So I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. I'm getting out of it. What's, you know, what's there for me. No, I mean, that's awesome. But I've seen the transformation in you by your openness to get the help. I mean, you never ask for help and you always minimized everything and just kind of dealt with it and lived with it. And now you're getting whatever help you need, be it physical or emotional. And I think that is, to me, the greatest awareness that I see in you. Plus, I'm glad to hear that all these other things. Plus, I just said to you a week ago, um, are you still working with The Course in Miracles? And you said no. And then we had to cancel the show last week due to technical issues. And you told me that's when you started back with The Course in Miracles. I just I just happened to scroll, scroll through YouTube and came up and I just put it on and uh, as I was listening to it it's like I was getting uh, I, I was getting I was getting a lot of out, a lot out of it but also too the big thing was that I noticed was I'm not I'm not nitpicking and picking through like I don't agree with this you know I think he's right about that but I don't agree with this and so it was like this taking the whole message I was listening to a um um. They call themselves a number of people, um, you know, talking about their experiences and, and the questions that they had and so on. And I really enjoyed it. And you really are phenomenal with A Course in Miracles. I mean, we did a show probably 10 years ago <clears throat> and Pete was on the show and he was talking about A Course in Miracles. And it's still up. I mean, it's still on um, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes. I don't remember what the episode was called or what episode number it was, but it's it's still up there. It was one of our first shows that we ever did, um, and it was a great episode. I learned a lot from it. And what did you just tell me today or yesterday? You sent me a text about the um, people that were that channeled the Course in Miracles. Uh, well, well, Helen Chuckman, she was the one who received the information. Um, she was kind of trained, you know, she was awake and aware of what was going on. Bill Thetford was her boss who typed up everything. Um, and Ken Wapnick later on came in and helped organize all the material. But they were all PhDs in psychology, and they were all Freudian psychologists. Um, oh. <laughs> and so... They they always they refer to the course in miracles as spiritual psychoanalysis. Mm-hmm. That's something very important uh, where it's, it's been talked about. Everything is in the, in the collective um, the, the collective unconscious, and it's stuck there because of, because of guilt. And so, the major part of the course in miracles is to be able to um, be able to forgive that unconscious. 
have been trying all my life are a projection of that unconscious guilt and being able to see, see it as that and being able to forgive it. And we're having a great difficulty. I mean, the stuff that you're saying is phenomenal, but we're having a great difficulty hearing you. You're breaking up really bad. Um, so, so what I did catch, though, was that uh, you were talking about Jungian psychiatrists getting this information no, and typing no, it up. For, no, Freudian psychology. Freudian psychology. But they were talking about yeah, the yeah, collective yeah. unconscious, which is a Jungian concept. Right. So, so I, well, once, once again, whether it came from, well, they, they talked about it being Freudian. So, I see. Um, <laughs> well, so, back uh, in the day, though, I, back in that day, when, because I know when I was in college, that's all we, t- we learned was Freud and Jung. That's, that's all there was. I mean, nowadays in psychology, there's so much more. There's so many different modalities. But those were the main, um, you know, uh, like channels in psychology. So even if they were Freudian, they could have had some young, you know, beliefs in there, I would guess. I'd be surprised. Or maybe, why? But, or maybe they gave the, it once they started a channel. Because then you realize yeah, that might, that's what that, I'm thinking is that they, they they said what else can we fall on and Jung was the only thing there that could answer the question right for them. right yeah. because Jung because had that broader the, perspective that's the that's the irony of it that's why I was uh, amused oh. by it because you know, the, Freud and Jung had a big big argument and a falling yes. apart early on and and it was yes. over this kind of stuff Freud did not want to go into spirituality and and no. Jung was very very excited about very. it. Right. And so, so the two of them separated ways. And, and so to hear Freudian and a- analysts talking about Jungian concept as being an explanation was, was just exciting for me. <laughs> well, I think that probably had it. I mean, how else could you explain it if you're a yeah. Freudian psychologist? Or yeah. how, do, how would you explain what was happening? She, get, she yeah. was channeling all this stuff. Have you... Have you read A Course in Miracles? I mean, any time I pick it up, it's like reading the Bible. It's really not uh, uh, easy it, writing, it, reading. It, it goes round and round and round in circles over and over again. Um, the first time I read the text, nine months to read it. Um, I only read two or three pages at a time, and I read it out loud. Um you get a gist of what the course is about, and it's not—it's not for everybody. And it, it, it says that right out front that this is not for everybody. Uh, this is one part of the universal curriculum. This is just one part of it. It's not the part; it's a part. And if a person listens to goes on YouTube and listens to the audio book, the Course in Miracles audio book. 20 minutes or so, it talks about how, you know, what it is, what it, how it came about, and what it said. Um, because the, the very the very first thing that was said in the channeling was uh, nothing real threatens, nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the truth of God. So anything that can be threatened is not real, and it's not a part of God. And that's that's the whole, that's the course in a nutshell. Um, so it's a whole different way of of thinking. So, which once again, it's not for everybody, but it's uh, it works for me. 
you know, I picked up that book twice. And each time I thought that book was written for me. I remember the first time I picked it up, um, it was around um, Easter and Passover. And as I'm reading the chapters, um, it was saying this is the time of Passover, the time of Easter. And it was, I mean, it was directly talking to me. I mean, it was. And then I put it down after a while because it's difficult reading. And then I picked it up again one time around Christmas. And they started to talk about the birth of Christ and Christmas. And I go, oh, my God, this book was written for me. It knows where I am, where I am, when, when I'm there, and what season it is. I mean, the book was written for me, but I never got through it. <laughs> I never did. But well, well, Pete, well, 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 you're... Go ahead. Once, once, once again, the author claims he was uh, first time I was here. Uh, you're breaking up really bad. We yeah, can't we really understand can't. you. Uh, okay. The first time I was here, um, I'm here to set the record or words to that effect. Yeah. We still can't hear you. You're breaking up really bad. What about now? Maybe well, a little up, that bit came better. Fairly clear, but you're fading in and out very, very hard, very much. No, you're still. And honestly, I've spoken to you a million times, and I've never had this problem with you before. Um, would you hang up and try dialing back in? And in the um, meantime, we and in the meantime we could take a few callers. I'll call back and get And let's okay. see if maybe it's a better connection. But at least we could move on. But before we do move on, I oftentimes I like to start the show with a quote, <laughs> and today I went crazy. <laughs> Because there were so many quotes, I couldn't pick the one that I wanted. Um, so I'm I'm going to read a few of these. They're all short. I'm not going into a long thing. Um, I know that um, some of these are very pertinent to some of the clients that I'm working with right now. Some are pertinent to ones that I've worked with in the past, and some of them resonated with me. But they're all about letting go, and we are going to get to the topic of letting go shortly if we have time. How, do we have a lot of callers in queue today, guys? Not a lot. Okay. All right. So, all right. Let me just whiz through some of these. Um, all right. The first one is, if you spend too long holding on to the one who treats you like an option, you'll miss finding the one who treats you like a priority. The next one really resonated with me. If someone is stupid enough to walk away from you, be smart enough to let them go. And that's what I hear from clients all day long. And the problem is most, most people don't let go. And they spend a lot of time and waste a lot of effort on someone <clears throat> who, as this quote said, was stupid enough to walk away. Um, the next one is once you realize you deserve better, letting go will be the best decision ever. The next one is you could love them. 
um, Paul, this might pertain to you. You could love them, forgive them, want good things for them, but still move on without them. The next one, close some doors, not because of pride, incapacity, or arrogance, but simply because they no longer lead somewhere. And that, to me, was, for me, you know, probably one of the most important ones because I believe that, you know, people come in and out of our lives. They don't necessarily come in and stay forever. Some people stay for a season, you know, a day, a season, a month or whatever. And be aware of that. Be, be happy. Be, look for the gifts and lessons. And when they were there, not the emptiness because they're not there. <clears throat> the next one, it's not a matter of letting go. You would if you could. Instead of let it go, we should say let it be. Does that resonate with you, with you, Jim? Oh, much better than letting go. Yeah. Because so maybe letting you go talk is, about let letting it, go is actually a, a form of attachment. You're 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 still holding on to something if you're letting go of it. You're still thinking about it and paying attention to it. But if you're letting it be, you can let it be at peace. You can let it. You can you can you know just leave it there and walk away. Because I do want to talk about, I do want to talk about attachment and detachment today, because I think that's the critical part of letting go. I never saw it that way, but that's an interesting way, because then you're just, it's neutral. Let it be. You're not, you know, you're not without it. You just are. You're not pushing, you're not pushing it away. You're not closing any doors. You just walk. I got it. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so I, I might have to change the way I um, say okay. it. Let it be. Let it be. Wasn't that a Beatles Just song? Let it Lennon be. Song, Let yeah. it be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should have been prepared with some background music. Um, uh, the next one I can punch is, it up real quick if you like. <laughs> the next one is anything you can't control is teaching you how to let go. Now, Jim, you used that one on me a few weeks ago. When, yeah. I, when I was having all that, those technical issues, I remember you said to me, and I said to you, well, I can't come back on the phone after an hour of technical issues and just do a reading because I'm in a different state of mind. And you said, do you remember what you said? Uh, maybe maybe the, the point is that you're supposed to learn how to do just that. Right. And I said, I don't, I don't know how I don't, I don't work like that, but that was the exact one. So I, I put that one in for you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm honored. Um, (laughs) Well, we're honored to have you on the show. We're honored for your brilliance. Um, So the next one is in the end, only three things matter. Three things matter. How much you love, how gently you loved and how gracefully you let go of things not meant for you. And there was something that I was going to put on Facebook the other day and I got busy and I didn't. And it basically said, what's meant for you won't pass you by. I mean, everybody's so afraid, especially I get clients. Oh, well, if I don't do this, that, or the other thing, the person will leave me. Well, then they're not meant for you if they're going to leave you that easily. I mean, you know, to me, it's pretty obvious and pretty, pretty easy, but that's when we should be aware. And I always say, why are you holding on? And that's when you can figure out what the real trigger is that's causing you to hold on. And then um, there's only a couple more. This one actually reminds me of 
um, I'm probably saying the name wrong, but um, there's uh, somebody, uh, do you know that that guy who wrote the Kabbalah books, Jim, his last name is Berg, H, his name is Y-E-H-U-D-A, Yehuda? Yeah, yeah Yehuda. Yehuda. Um, so I remember in his story, in his one of his books, there was a story about an employee that stole like hundreds of thousands of dollars from him. And he really didn't make a big deal over it. He just kind of said, okay, well, you know, that money was obviously meant for him and not me. Even though the guy stole it from him, um, he didn't hold on. He didn't send out any bad thoughts or bad wishes. He just knew if it was meant for him, it would be his. And then this last one is um, one of the happiest moments in life is when you find the courage to let go of what you can't change. And I thought that was pretty important, too. And that goes beyond just letting go of relationships, because I'm one that I I make all these associations with things. I, I do. And those become... Um, anchored in our reality that we believe, okay, if this happens, then this is going to follow. And I make those associations all the time. And I always work on letting go of those associations. So this way, it's not, you know, something great happens. I don't expect that negative thing to happen. So for me, that's truly what that meant. Um, So bottom line is, um, in my eyes, there's tremendous power in letting go. Jim would say in letting be. So in a relationship, what I think is really important that most people don't understand is that when I tell a client to let go, it doesn't mean that you, because oftentimes I'll say that when someone is in a relationship or trying to get somebody back, I'll say let go because the more you, first of all, the more you hold on, I always make the correlation to a garden hose that imagine that you drive a car over a garden hose, the water stops going through because you, you squash it, you strangle it. And then when you let, when you move the car off, the water flows again. So when we're holding on so, so tight, we're causing that same type of restriction in the energy and we don't let things flow. And I'm going to tell you a story about a perfect example for me. Um, I had made an offer on this house in upstate New York a couple of years ago, and I really wanted this house. And um, the the owner was a real estate agent, and so they played hardball with me, and I wasn't going to play, so I walked away. But I was so attached to this house, I really wanted this house. And I thought about the house constantly and I wanted it and I could feel that the guy wanted to call me, you know, the owner and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and he doesn't call me. In any event, I found the house that I'm living in now and I saw it and I go, wow, this is like a slice of heaven. And I made an offer, they accepted it and I gave it my down payment or my deposit and Sure enough, the next day, lo and behold, who calls? The real estate agent of that house in New York. And he says to me, well, you know, I'm thinking maybe we can make a deal. I'm I'm more flexible and this and that. I go, sorry, I'm closing on a house in two weeks. You know, but 
it was that I held on so tight to wanting him to call. And I see that all the time. I've seen it in relationships. Once someone lets go, the person that you're holding on and you're wanting so badly suddenly reappears. When you hold on so tight, you restrict that energy and you, you, I mean, you actually ruin it for yourself, but it's in relationships and situations in, I believe in any and everything you have the power to let go. And that's when magic comes into your life. You know, I have the exact same thing happen to me this weekend. We were out in the country in Pennsylvania and um, we were visiting my, uh, my girlfriend's aunts and she has a pond in the back of her property. So my son and I were out back and I, I found a frog and I picked it up real quick and I went to hand it to him and I squeezed too hard and it squirted right out of my hand. Just, cool. just shot right out of my hand. So that was you letting go, is it? Well, it was me not letting go which caused me to lose the frog. I see. Too slippery. <laughs> just like your story, so, no, exactly the same thing. Exactly. I see the similarities. So, Jim, could you could you talk to us a little bit about letting be and attachment and detachment? Okay. Um, well, when we're talking about letting go, it's because there's something that we're holding on to, and so attachment is is like is like holding on to something. It means that you're attached to it and, and you're having a hard time letting it go. So in some cases, you might, as Paul mentioned earlier, there was, there was a relationship that went sour and he was angry. And he had a hard time letting go of the anger. He was still holding on to the anger. Right. Um, so so um, in Buddhist teaching, there are, there are three sources of suffering in the world. One is attachment. The other one is aversion. That is not liking or not wanting to be around something or someone. And ignorance is just being, you know, uh, 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 ignorant. If that's a good word. <laughs> so when we're attached to something, we want to be connected with it. We want to own it or rent it or take it uh, uh, from somebody or to be w- uh, in relationship with it in some way. And this, this is the risk of attachment because it can lead to disappointment. Um, it always leads to disappointment because you can't control anything in the outer world. Um, if you're, I mean, if we're banking our life on somebody else's decisions or somebody else's, you know, liking us or whatever, we're always going to be disappointed because somewhere along the way, something isn't going to go right. Mm-hmm. You don't, don't you agree with that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, disappointment's inevitable. Uh, and the, the the trick is in a relationship is to be committed to keep it going in spite of the disappointment. So that's that's a that's a, a, a form of committed attachment, a relationship, you know, like a marriage. You want to keep commitment. the relationship, yeah. right? But that's a commitment. But you you have to detach from the outcome. If you're sitting, I mean, in that situation, you want you commit to the marriage and working things through. Yeah. I mean, I I find people who walk away from things too easily, they're cowards. They're weak. I, yeah. I hate to say that, well, but got, I really they've do. got other reasons that they're leaving. It's not it's not because the relationship was sour, but something else, you know. Exactly. Something exactly. in the person. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. if there's somebody who says that they're into either communication or working things out, and the first time something goes wrong, they walk away. 
I mean, sure. I hear that all the time. Yeah, and it's 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 sad because they're never going to find what they want because it was probably already with them at one point early on, and and they walked away from and it because it wasn't exa- perfect. Right, or or that that it's a trigger, you know, that yeah. um, something just reminds them of something that didn't work in their lives earlier, so they yeah. walk away from it. But yeah, so you the, know, the, I, import, the important thing to keep in mind in, when you're in a relationship is there will be disappointments. That things will happen and people will disappoint you. That's human. Uh, the thing is, that's exceptional is to be willing to give them the space to be able to work that out or work it out in yourself because it might be you that's the problem as it's far always. as that's concerned. Well, uh, your outer world is always a reflection of what's going on inside of you. So if something bothers you and your partner, it means it's something brewing inside of you. It could be an old hurt. It could be whatever. But it wouldn't trigger you unless that's something in you. You know, what comes to mind is I remember having a conversation with somebody a couple months ago, and um, they said something, and I gave my feelings about what they said. And they said to me something like, well, I don't think I could deal with having every word analyzed. I wasn't analyzing anything. Let's, Let's assume... Um, you said to me, um, I like, um, I like chocolate cake and I go, oh, well, I like vanilla cake. (laughs) That's what it was like. I Uh gave my opinion Uh on what Uh I liked, you know, and, and that was their response. So I knew they were triggered by something, apparently, Mm -hmm. you know, something, in their past, but it's, I believe it's always that it's always that otherwise it's not going to bother you and, and it's not going to be an issue. Well, I think there are certain boundaries that, I mean, like an abusive relationship or a violent relationship. Well, that's different. That's yeah. Different. That's, that's what, I mean, that's the extreme, but it's, it's, there has to be a line it, that you draw that's a threshold boundaries. that when someone crosses it, that you, that's you, you boundaries. Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, disappointment is one thing and boundaries is another thing. But right. again, sometimes people's boundaries are much too high or low. You know, or low. Better. Most of them yeah. are low. They really are. So, so anyway, so, so uh, when, you're, when you're attached to something, being attached to something, there's risk. And the risk is that you'll be disappointed or hurt when you can't get it or when if you do finally get it, you have to let go of it. You have to release it because we all do it at some point in our life. Anything we have, we're going to have to let go of. You can't take it with you. Yeah. So we're, we're all looking forward to a time when everything we're attached to is going to go away. So this is why Buddhists are known to practice what's called detachment, which is avoiding the desire for connection. Um, for example, the story about the Buddhist who uh, declined to buy a vacuum cleaner because it had too many attachments. <laughs> Dad. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so the way Buddhists practice detachment is by shutting down the urge uh, to want to connect with things or people and metal, mentally giving them away. And so I talked with Paul about that. You asked me, what's a way that you can practice detachment? And one thing you can do is you can offer to your, you know, to your friend who you have a problem with 
something very nice, but not to them personally necessarily, but just the very thought of saying, wouldn't it be nice if I could give that person this house and watch how things could change and eventually will change if you, if you, if you make a habit of that. So that's, that's one way to practice attachment. Um, Buddhist, Buddhist, um, um, Understand that detachment. My apologies. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Buddhist, Buddhist practice the, uh, the the idea of uh, with people is that people you don't like. I mean, the, the idea of in Buddhism that there shouldn't be anybody in the planet that you don't want the best for. Okay. That's hard, though. I That's mean, how many people task. could really but do the, that? But the way they do it, the way they teach to do it, is you take everybody you hate and get to understand them. Mm. And when you finally understand him, you start to have empathy. And that brings them to a level where, okay, they're okay. You don't have to actually get to the point where you love them, but you can want the best for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Still I think hard. it's easier to it's love somebody that, that way and not like them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's easier to kind of separate that, like, I love you as a human being and I wish the best for you, but yeah. I can't stand you and I want you away from me. But I yeah. love you. Yeah. <laughs> Just stay over there. That's kind of the idea. Is it, in Buddhism, the, the, the teaching says that uh, compassion is a desire for someone not to suffer. Yeah. And love is a so- desire for someone to have good things. And that's it. Yeah. As simple as that. No romance. Right. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I don't like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> But that's for Buddhists, and and uh, uh, ultimately, <laughs> yeah, have, what do you mean? They have no romance in their relationships. They're, they're mostly they're mostly monks. Oh, okay. They're celibate. I got. Well, I it. think you can you can want good things for the person that you love, and and uh, that can mean all kinds of stuff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that can well, be I as romantic at... as you want it to be. There, it's like I want you to have some. I want you to have something good. Sure. <laughs> right. But I look at somebody like Deepak Chopra that talks a lot about a lot of Buddhist type um, philosophies. Yet, <clears throat> I mean, he's married he, he, with kids. Yeah, there, there are married with kids Buddhist, Buddhists. Um, the, 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 the trick is to be equanimous, meaning try to have a, the same amount of love for everybody. And that's that's hard, but that's the trick. So. For example, uh, well, we, we don't need to go into all of that, but... Um, but there's when, something when, important with what you just said, because we were talking about this in the last show, about in order to draw, or one of the shows, in order to draw in somebody, you have to love yourself. So oh, yeah. if you love everybody equally, you're also loving yourself equally. Absolutely. Yeah, you're one of them. And if you right. right, and if you don't love yourself, you're not going to be able to send love out to anybody either. That's right. Because That's right. even though you say you will, it's not true love. It's got to be not what we think of as love, but that true feeling of just it's a feeling. It's not a word. Yeah. It's a feeling of love. But it's also an intention in a sense that I want the best for myself because I deserve it or because, you know, I'm a human being just like every other human being. And that, that gives me the right to have good things. But that's words. How do you, I guess with intent, then it's yeah, intent. intent. It's intent. It's the intention. The, the whole idea is, is to, to uh, build that intention. Actually three times a day, uh, that intention gets built in prayers that are said 
in, in the monasteries where, where they're, one of the first things they do is they dedicate their lives to the, to the, to the happiness of all sentient beings. So, so they, how long uh, is their prayer sessions for? Some of them last for days, but wow. mostly they're just, just a little while. But it's part of their daily routine. You know, they say prayers, they eat meals, they say prayers, they go to bed, they say prayers, they get up. <laughs> but the first but, prayers that they say, they're, 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 one of the things that they're saying is that they dedicate themselves to all sentient beings. They will, they will not find, they will not seek the final enlightenment until all sentient beings have gone before them. Wow. That is the true sense of selflessness. Yeah. Wow. So, um, if you're not a Buddhist, that, that doesn't help a lot. <laughs> and I don't blame you. Um, but, but I suggest looking closely at the risks and benefits of allowing yourself to be attached to any person or thing so you can decide whether or not it's something you really want to have in your life. Um, uh, and that's important because that gives you the power of deciding instead of just saying, I want a person, and this is a person, so let me get that person. Uh, you really need to look closely at the person or the thing that you're trying to obtain just to see whether it's really something that you want to be attached to and whether you're willing to take those risks of disappointment and loss at some time in the future. And see, what I also see with attachment is that people lose themselves. They lose themselves in whatever it is that they want. And they and that's why they they're not able to. I believe if we're looking at manifesting or the law of attraction, because you're giving all your power away to that external thing. Yeah. I mean, in doing any of this, um, well, I mean, if you're not attached to something, then obviously your focus is on yourself rather than whatever it is that's out there, be it a person or a thing. But people think that the money, the house, the car, the job, the person. And yeah. too often they feel it's the specific person, not even just draw in for me my true soulmate or the person who will truly love me like I deserve to be loved. No, they've got to be like yeah. tall, dark, yeah. and handsome and multimillionaires. Right. And With a Ferrari. Oh, I do yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Do you have to know them? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm guilty. So, but um, but I'm not attached to it. I'm just aware of it. If it's out there, sure. here I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But but that's the problem that I believe that people lose themselves in it. And what I always say to people, like um, I have clients who will call me and they break up with their boyfriend and all they do is think of this person 24 seven. When is he going to call? When is it there? And I'm reading their energy and I'm feeling, Oh my God, like you're giving yourself totally away to somebody who's not even interested in you anymore. And if you turn that focus back to yourself and, Mm -hmm. and give yourself that same level. So that to me is detaching from whatever it is. I see. To me, well, attachment is, you know, that, when you're focusing on that outer thing, be it a person, a thing, and detaching is shifting your focus back to yourself. Here's, here's what I really like about that. It's not leaving a vacuum. Because if you're trying to push someone out of your life, you're leaving a vacuum. And, of course, what that's going to be filled with is 
wanting to have someone fill that space. Bingo, bingo, okay? bingo, bingo, bingo. So yes. Instead of leaving that vacuum, you're turning yourself into the person that fills that space. And if you don't feel like you're right. enough to fill that space, here's something for you to do. Exactly. You right. need to be able to feel like you deserve it more than anybody does. And if anybody sees you walking around having a great time all by yourself, they want to be with you because you're perky and exciting right. and lively and, right. and right. all those wonderful things that we all want in our lives. That's when you have to be careful because you're like a, a, like a flame for a moth. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You do have to be careful. But I think if once you're resonating at that frequency, you're going to draw in a quality person. If you're feeling all kinds of negative thoughts, that's when you draw in the more challenging relationships. Possibly. Uh, sometimes there's karmic relationships, uh, like the narcissist uh, 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 masochist or, or, or empath uh, relationship. It's pretty well known where narcissists really try to draw in em- uh, uh, empathic people because empathic people are very good at supporting people like narcissists. And it's a it's a it's kind of a symbiotic relationship, but it's really painful and difficult for the for the for the empath. I can't imagine an empath in a relationship with a narcissist. I can't see that lasting more than a day. I, I can, really I can give you. I can give you a list. Okay. Oh I really, my it God. really happens a lot. I've even read articles about it. Uh, wow. People documenting how this this is a pattern. So it happens. It seems like it shouldn't, but it does. It shouldn't. Right. It seems like it shouldn't. But I guess because an empath is an empath, they would have more. Um, more empathy for someone and maybe more tolerance. I don't know. But in theory, I I would expect that to last a day or less. (laughs) Well, they keep keep wanting to give him a chance or her a chance, you know, give the other person a chance and they keep forgiving and they keep, you know, supporting and it's okay. Don't worry about it. And they feel so sorry for how they treated them. So, Narcissists are tough. They are are. really tough. I can't, that's the problem. I think everybody walks away from a relationship with a narcissist at some point. You could only take so much. It didn't take me long. (laughs) (laughs) Now, which wife was that? (laughs) There wasn't one of the wives, no. Oh, okay. (laughs) She never got that Yeah, I could not see you with a narcissist. Though, no. when I think about it, my ex-husband was a narcissist. Lewis, uh, he was a narcissist. Mm, I see. But I learned I a lot from that relationship. What, you didn't see that part of him? I, I never got to see much of him at all. He, <laughs> I know, he, he never really kind of never said there, anything. So, <laughs> no, yeah. he was always there, but he never said anything. He never said anything. I, <laughs> you know, never, at least on the stuff that we talked about, he never right. had anything to say. But he just always sort of disappeared into the background. Mm-hmm. Or he was in the basement in the man cave. Right. Yeah. Right. But do we have any callers on the line? We have a yeah, lot of do. callers. All we right. So we let two more. Oh. All right. So let's let's start taking some calls. Okay. Um, can I suggest Christina? <clears throat> Christina, you there? Thank you. Hi. Yes. Um, thank you for taking my call. Oh, sure. Um, and so, so tell us what your story is. What's, what is it that you? Um, well, I uh, have been struggling 
um, horrifically with letting go, and I feel like uh, <clears throat> that this I was guided here to the show today, and I'm really grateful because it's helping me to understand and. Once you have a better understanding of really what letting go or letting be means, you organically can then effectively process what's going on with yourself, and it's going to be, my journey is going to be easier and more soothing and less painful uh, because of what you guys shared, because you guys are spot on. And, um, I, you know, I had um, left a message asking my ex for space to heal after everything that he put me through, not to make him feel bad, but I I have to put myself first. I need to heal and focus on, as a grandmother, going to college and working on my college career. <clears throat> and I'm wondering if he's going to respect that and not have the same aggressive, um, ugly behavior as in the past. I'm hoping that he'll... I, you know, I did say I want you to be happy, and I'm working on forgiving you, and I'm going to have to write it several times, but eventually I will get there because I do want you to be happy, and I'm ready to let go. So I've got some forgiveness techniques I'm going to be working on, and I actually started today on part of that, and um, I'm going to do it as long like what the, um, the man was saying, I think. You said it every day until finally – you actually mean it yeah. because I do I know I want well, but I, I need the anger out of me and the resentment and I, I want to be happy and I really want to release it. Do you see him respecting my wishes and not um, doing what he did the last time to me? Because it, it what, gave me two heart attacks. <laughs> got a first name. Yeah. First mm -hmm. name. Uh, yeah. His name is Brandon. Um, I don't see him magically changing. Um, you know, he may be a slight bit better than he was the last time, but I don't see a 180 on him. But one thing that I want to say to you, and I could feel a shift in your energy today. I mean, I haven't spoken with you before, but I, I, I see the awareness in your energy. Um, you have the power to set your boundaries and you have the power not to let him in. You don't have to let him in. So he could carry on. He could do whatever he wants to do. But if you define your own boundaries, he'll have no power over you. See, what's happening is, it's, and it, ironically, it almost feels a bit like a narcissistic kind of relationship where, um, you know, he makes it all about him, his way, um, it's his way or no way is what it really feels like. And I feel that he doesn't respect your boundaries and he doesn't really have that awareness of what it is that you want. And honestly, he doesn't come through like he understands words. I believe your actions are going to speak louder than words. So what I really encourage you to do is define your boundaries very clearly, which I believe you did. Um, but then stick with it. Don't let yes. him in. Don't let don't, him don't in. Like Period. If you give him one okay. inch, he will take 10 miles. 
because he's not ready and, to walk away. This is somehow it's like you're the you're the fire that ignites him in a way. And without you, he's like there's no way for him to sustain himself. So he needs that. It feeds him. That's why to me it feels like a narcissistic relationship. But um It was. Yeah, and, you're spot but, on yeah, with him. I, right. And I'm but a don't empath. let him in. Oh, oh bingo. Here you go. That's okay, I got another one after my you. list. Uh. <laughs> but but don't let I was listening, I was like, This guy's right. Because I that's he's describing us and it's and I, I get what you said when you would think it wouldn't last for a day, but that's the web that I would get caught in is you know, because I can feel him and I can see him as a child and I can, you know, feel the broken heart. Right, right. Yes. And then I also see the beautiful, genuine parts as well. But because I want it only to be focused on the genuine parts, I've been in denial and ignoring the parts that are broken that are violating my boundaries and um, snuffing out my light as a person. So self-respect and value of self has to be first. And I very clearly recorded a message on my phone and then left it on his um, answering machine. And then what happened? Last week he called and it was the same thing. I let him in. Then he said something to me that just um, really – broke my heart and I just said that's it I absolutely like I uh, I left a message actually it was yesterday and said um, I will never compromise who I am as a human being my principles and my values to please any man and that I want you to be happy and you go and find what you're looking for um, but I need space to heal and I truly forgive you, and I will have to say it several times and write it out, and I was saying this on the machine until I actually really mean it because I want it for you, and I don't want to hang on to resentment, and I'm the mother of your children, so I, I, it's, I can't. It was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. His behavior continually got uglier and uglier with me not setting boundaries, me giving in, um, and then really he was reflecting back to me that the truth of it is, is I haven't respected myself. I didn't value myself. I didn't see what right. a gift to the world I am. So he reflected it back. So, you know, um, <clears throat> I think what was going on is he was wanting me to be one way and I was wanting him to be the way he said he was going to be. But the truth <laughs> <laughs> kept coming up. Right. And so now it's like, okay, the whole world stopped, and it shouldn't. I mean, I need to have my relationship be with me and my higher self, number one, and then just see what happens because anyone in my life must love, honor, and respect me. And if they don't, sadly, I have to say, um, hey, if that ever changes, my door's open. If it's not, the door is closed because I want to I, – I came here, and like it was – I don't know what gentleman said it. Oh, I was going, oh, my God, I did the same thing. Um, I wanted to know what it would be like. I wanted to have more compassion. So I listed a bunch of addictions that people have about, gosh, 12 years ago. 
I'd like to have this happen, this, this, this. That way when I counsel people, I'll have more compassion. I don't know what the heck I was saying because my, my world went to hell in a handbasket really quick. But really it was like, all right, then you want to teach self-reliance? You want to um, talk about compassion and forgiveness? Let's just throw you in, you know. And it was beautiful because the contrast does tell you what you absolutely do not want and very clearly shows you what you do want. I just wasn't sure how to get there, and that meant I'd have to settle down, I'd have to go within, and that means I'd have to be quiet, and I'd have to listen to my inner voice, and I would have to, like, not distract myself so that I could exactly. face. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you hit it Spot on. Everything that you said, because when you said narcissist before you even took my call, I was like, oh, my gosh, he is. Um, <laughs> and he is. You know, I and can I, feel it, right. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And my way or the highway, you know. And, you know, the other thing is, um, so I'm learning not only about college and books and, you know, everything I want to do, which when you were asking for a social media person, I'm learning how to do that now. Well, it will be in August. And I was like, once I learn, I'll say, hey, if you need a backup person, I, I have such a strong desire to take my love and passion for the words that I read in today's show's description. If I knew how to edit and clip and post and do colors to bring out <clears throat> and evoke the emotions of what those words of truth are with pictures, run it by you first, post it. I would happily do it, but I have to learn it. So I've signed up from August to December. Uh, they're going to tailor it and show me everything I need to know so I can fly. And I also want to pay it forward. So <clears throat> I would love to, you know, do this to say thank you. Um, and all the light workers over the past, since 2008, that I've talked to on Blog Talk who gave their time freely and readings and energy healings and you name it, you know, whatever their specialty was. And then like today, I feel like I'm in class because this is food for the soul. To, like I'm the caterpillar who's spinning the cocoon right now. So yeah, I will be Christina, a great be, way to put it. Be, yeah. be in touch. Keep in touch with us. And yeah. um, you have the power here. Don't give your power away to Brandon. You have the knowledge you have the power. And if you ever get to that point where you are ready to help us, let us know. We'll figure something out. I'll reach out. You guys are, you guys are amazing, and you're the real deal. And, uh, Thank you. I feel like you it's the least amazing in the... yourself, Christina. Yeah, you do. You we'd love to have you. Yeah, we'd love to have you as part of the team. So do you yeah. know anything yet? Like, could you do anything? Uh, no, well, see, I, actually, um, no, I won a book award. And I didn't quit after the two heart attacks that I had in March. And mm -hmm. I really learned an awful lot. The, your guest that was on, I, yeah. was reach, I just loved every hand that touched me, but I ignored what I needed to do for myself. So mm -hmm. there were so many lessons bouncing off and mirroring from every person that came in, whether they were aware of it in their waking state, subconsciously it sucked it in. So when that seed's ready to sprout, but... No, um, I, I'm, I'm just, I, my guides asked me, I woke up hearing we'd like you to create an online social media account. And I thought, well, 
I'm nervous. These are the things I need. <laughs> so I've already got the classes set up, and I thought maybe it doesn't mean right this second, but I have a fire in my belly, and I want those words that you wrote. I would love to artistically, with pictures and sounds and colors, do that. So I will promise I already took your number down and the name of the host of the show and, and emailed myself today's show so that I could Great. go back and um, call me if you, if you can to let me know when your next show is and then when I'm able to do it, um, which would be probably about three months from now, I would absolutely love to volunteer my services as a way to say thank you and to be a part of helping in any way I can to well, uh, well, the Paul, souls. Paul did send, uh, set the intent today that we were going to find somebody. So be sure to keep in touch. And my website is ladyfontaine.com. You could email me directly from there. I will do that. Um, I will send you out an email tomorrow. And I'm Christina. At, Christina, at, you know, thank, you. <laughs> thank, Christina you thank you. So thank you so much, you guys. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Bless you. Stick around. Thank We're not you. done you yet. You too. We still have more. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> That was a great call. She sounded that was. perfect. So let's hope she yeah, can uh, she really, get up to speed as <laughs> quickly right, as she quickly. Can. <laughs> Well, we have tons of callers that we're trying to get to. We've got a half hour left, so we'll try to get to as many as we can. But we do have to remind everyone, we do have a, a secret code that we're, we're giving out tonight for our services. Jim and Lady Fontaine have uh, healing services of their own and life coaching, relationship coaching, uh, psychic readings, acupuncture, all kinds of um, Eastern medicine that you can talk to Jim about. And I do post-production for audio and music and uh, songwriting, all kinds of um, engineering skills that I can give a discount for. So that code is T-A-L-G-0610-RR. If you contact any of us, the three of us here, we will give you 50% off of our services. That is T-A-L-G-0610-RR. All right, so who else do we have? If we have so many people, let's try to whiz through as many as we can. Okay. Um, how about Lisa? Okay. So I, I spoke to Lisa. She needs help with uh, tips on letting go of people that are uh, have a negative influence in her life. I think that's something we can all relate to. Um, Jim, you gave a lot of good advice on uh, the idea of detachment and, and letting go. So she's looking for help there. Okay. Did you see you there? Wanted... Yes, I'm here. Hey, how are you? All right. How are you? Not bad at all. So tell us your story. Yeah, I just wanted to get some advice on how to just let negative people go uh, without feeling guilty. Oh. That's, that's, uh, it has a lot to do with... Uh, with uh, Self-love. Oh, that's where that comes from. Yeah, or a lack thereof. Oh. Because if you really love yourself, you know that it's the same feeling you would have if a negative person were influencing one of your friends. You would have nothing to do with them. But you don't that is a perfect that's, example, right? right? The same if you're not friends with yourself. yourself. That's right. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, how angry would you be if you saw someone treat you the way people treat or treat somebody else treat that you love? Yes. 
and the way they treat you, you'd be furious at them. But when they treat you that way, you, you kind of just it. accept it. Yes. I agree. Yes, that's true. Yeah. I will go, yeah, so yeah, so now my mind is, you have me thinking now, so I didn't think, feel that it had a, feeling guilty had anything to do with self-love, but now I'm looking at it in a different light. Great. Hmm. And I feel, I feel, Lisa, that if you, you make a promise to yourself, you make a commitment to yourself to do it. And even if you, you know, make a few blunders here and there, you get right back on track. And remember, every time that you let someone hurt you, you're dishonoring yourself. And if you dishonor Mm. yourself, the universe will too. So what that means is you're going to end up drawing more, more situations and more people into your life that dishonor you or hurt you. So it's mm-hmm. so important for you to honor yourself and make yourself right. number one, because if you don't, no one else will. And a really important you way, if you, if you make a promise to yourself, like we're saying, make a promise to yourself. If you make a promise to yourself and you don't keep it, you're actually undermining your own credibility with yourself, which is okay, one of the main yeah. reasons people don't like themselves. Okay. Because they don't keep their own promises to themselves because they say, well, this is more important to take care of somebody else. You can't do that. If you make a promise to yourself, be very careful what you make, what you promise yourself, and make sure that you follow through on it. Then you'll I be... would suggest – oh, go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry. No, no, that's fine. Go ahead. I would suggest you write it down. I tell my clients to write a commitment letter. I put your name on this date, make the promise to myself that I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And sign it and either keep it somewhere handy or put it in your desk drawer, but know it's there. And you've made that contract with yourself. Because the only person that it's serving is certainly not you if you're holding on to somebody or something that has no value to you. And the only person you're hurting is yourself. So make that commitment. All right. Make that commitment to yourself. Sounds good. Okay, I will. All right. Good luck to you, Lisa. Thank you for calling. Thank you. I love the advice. Thank you so much. Thank you. Who's next? Who's next? Um, We have a return from Tanika. Do you remember Tanika? Okay. Yes, I do. Okay, hold on. Here she is. Tanika? Hi, Lady Fontaine. Hi, you guys. Hi. 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 Welcome back. What's going on? I, right now, I'm trying to find a way to move, hopefully, to Florida. I've been trying to manifest it because um, I just need to find a way to do it so I can live and, like, not end up on the street if I just do it. The way I want to do it, I have to wait and try to find the right job and live. So I've been um, just trying to lay low and working a lot to do that. And um, someone I spoke to you about in the past has come back, and he knows how I feel. I've been keeping, you know, my distance. I still care a lot about him, and I'm hopeful. But he knows, you know, I'm a relationship kind of girl. I'm not trying to force it on anyone. But, you know, he knows where I stand. So I'm just wondering if you see any difference this time, like, and I even told him that I'm thinking about moving out of state and everything. 
So he, he kind of knows, like, what's going on with me, and he still seems interested. So I'm just wondering if you see, like, something better coming out of him connecting with me um, this time. Remind me, remind me well, of his first name. His first name is Frank. Um, well, I would say there, there's a marginal difference. He feels a little bit more respectful of your values and your point of view, but he does not feel like he's done a 180 that he's magically going to, you know, be there and be the man that you want him to be. But he, what my guides are saying to me is he hears you and he heard you when you say, and and honestly, he does care about you. So I believe he cares about you enough not to put you through something that he's not willing to do. If he's not willing to do a relationship, I think he's right now being very respectful of that and not over pushing things with you. But I, I can't guarantee you that he's going to be able to fit every single criteria that you want. He's not quite showing that to me yet. Um, and regarding your move, um, did you say that you are looking to get a job first or you're not looking to get a job first? I'm looking to get a job first because I'm afraid to just do it without having a job down there or anything. I have this fear of, like, not being able to take care of myself and not being able to survive because it would be the All first right. time of on my own. And on top of that, uh, it's out of state. Yes, that's the right way of doing it. Um, and actually, with you, are you sending out resumes and really pursuing this? Because I see an opportunity opening up for you in August of this year. in Florida. So if you are really pursuing it, you're going to draw it in. Oh, that's good. And then from there, you make, obviously, if you get the job, then you have to move. So make sure you're ready because I kind of feel they're going to want you to start like within a couple weeks after they make the offer and you accept it. So try to get all the pieces in place. And how do you feel at that point about leaving Frank? Is he going to be something that holds you back from doing this? It's 50-50 because it's like I um, don't expect him to be um, at my dream man. Cause I, I know right. that we still have a lot of get to know each other with because he still has a lot of letting me into his life and wanting to be a part of my life. He has to do, I feel his interest in me. And I care about him. So it's like I'm just looking for him to just be genuine. If he was to step forward and be genuine about some kind of feelings for me, then it probably would rock me enough to hesitate leaving so soon. But the fact that he's just, you know, coming back with, like, the flirty texting and everything, which, you know, it's fine, it's fun. Like, it's fun, but he knows it's not all – that's not enough to fully satisfy me if I agree to see him. Like, it's going to hurt me in the end. So – you know, if he just wants to just give me that, like the teenage stuff, I'm probably not going to – I'm just going to feel like he just doesn't value me. He doesn't care about me enough to give me a relationship. And it hurts my self-esteem. Right. And I know 
that I shouldn't put that much on someone that, you know, he moves at his own pace. Everybody does. But I feel like it's going to hurt me, and, and it's going to make me just want to just, I'm going to feel, like, hurt. I'm going to want to go, and I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. Well, you know, the letting go part that we were talking about earlier really applies here because I think defining your boundaries is very important with him, but you're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy by holding on to the past with him. I would say give him the opportunity to show you what he has to offer, which he is showing you. And then you're in a position where you can decide one way or the other if it's right for you. But try to let go of that thought that if I let him in, he's going to hurt me because that all becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that then that's the energy you're sending out. If you listen to our last show, that you'll know that that's what you're going to end up drawing. So be careful of that and try to let go of those feelings and try to trust the process, but don't let go of defining your boundaries and going up, you know, take his, um, take his actions as the lead. If he's not giving you what you want, then why hold on? Yeah, I know you're, you're holding on to a dream. And I don't know if he could ever fulfill that dream. Yeah. It's hard. Because it's like you want to see him, but you just want to afterwards, you know, also ask to hang out again. Like just to go to get like a cup of coffee or eat dinner after you guys had this crazy night together. You would also like that part. Yeah, but if he's not giving it to you, if he's not giving it to you, then you're not honoring yourself. Right. That's why I'm staying back a little so he comes up stronger. Right. And if he doesn't live your own life and Mm -hmm. let go of this dream, because one of the um, uh, quotes that I read is when you realize and you let go of something that isn't working, you're able to draw in the right thing for you. Right. With going to Florida, am I going to go with this job? Because they have locations in Florida, and they said I could apply after June 27th. You you should apply. You should apply. You absolutely should apply. Um, Will you get it? There's, I would say, probably, I would say between a 70 and 80% likelihood that you would get it. With my current job in Florida? Yes, yes. If you want it. You may decide you want something else, but I would say there's a very high probability that you would get it. Oh, okay. But I do see another another opportunity for you as well. So don't limit yourself. Okay. All right, Tanika, thank you. Thank you. I'll be be in touch. All right. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Another call? Yep. Okay, here we have Lisa. Hi, Lisa, you there? Hi. Hello. Hi. (laughs) This is my story, and I'll tell you. Okay. Go ahead. (laughs) Excuse me. I sent, I went to the dollar store, the cheap little store that I bought a card which had a big 
sunny, sunshine face on it. And I opened it up and wrote, hey, Erin, I hope you're well. I hope you're okay. I miss our conversations. If you ever want to have a conversation, here's my phone number. And <laughs> then I told you it. not to do this. Didn't we tell you not to do this? And then I mailed it to him. Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> really? Was that the wrong The reason thing? why, wrong let me tell you, Lisa, the reason why is you're trying to manipulate the outer world. And when you do, you may oh. get a response from him. And, and the, but the response is not going to be permanent. Anything that you try to manipulate outside of you is just a temporary fix. See, you're fixated on him, and you're in that state of want. And you've listened to, because you've called in a lot, so I know you're listening to a lot of our shows. And you know what I say about want. When you want something, you keep it away. If you look up the meaning of want in a dictionary, it's lack of. So you're sending out more of not having him rather than having him. And the more you try to lure him in, trust me, when he's ready, he'll show up. So what happened when you sent him this card from the dollar I store? I still haven't heard. I haven't heard anything. It's been about six days. But I'm not, you know, this is the thing. I don't want him in my life permanently. I don't I know. want him... I, I just want to have a conversation is all I want. To clear up a misunderstanding is all I want. That's it. And, you know, whenever he wants to come and go after that, that's, that's fine. I mean, as far as friends go. I, I don't want he, – he, 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 he doesn't fit in my life. I don't he know really that does. I fully believe you. I think you're, you're, um, you're, um, you're trying to tell yourself a story. What I feel in your energy is you miss him. You miss the camaraderie. You miss the companionship. You miss all of that. And you're trying to get that back. And I believe that you believe by clearing up the misunderstanding, you'll get it back. And I think the most important thing is from the get-go is be honest with yourself. Yes. Because remember, even Paul said it earlier about setting your intent. So set, set your intention. I want this man back. I miss him. And I would almost rather you say that than all this other stuff, because then you're being honest with yourself. Okay. Well, do you feel there'll be a response? Not from that. I mean, and like, even if it is, so he'll reach out and say one thing and then disappear again. And that's not the way to do, that's not what you want. Um, I would say a better approach, if you have to do something, is just reach out, call him and say, would you just call me back? I need to talk to you. This is important. And stop playing games. And then just have a conversation. But, um First, be honest with you. Yes, I want this man in my life. Yes, he might not be the man I want to spend the rest of my life with, but I want him back. I miss him. Because if you're not honest with yourself and you don't have a clear in- intention, you're going to spin in circles and go nowhere. But remember, you cannot control the outer world. Anything that oh, no, no. happens, anything yeah. that happens from you 
reaching out is just a temporary fix. Something else will happen and it'll back away again and you'll be right where you are right now. So keep that in mind because if he was right for you, he would still be there. Oh God, I know. I know. Because I don't really think you did anything so wrong. I don't think it was such a big misunderstanding, honestly. I think maybe he thought I wanted more or something. Right. I do agree with that. We discussed that a few weeks ago. And I believe that that is true, but I believe in a way you do. No, God, no, not for me. No, 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 no. You You may not want a committed relationship from him, but I do believe you want more of him. Well, you know, if it works out like that, I mean, I would just be pleased with the conversation, really, at this point. That's it. See, you miss the attention. You miss the attention. And the way to get that attention back is to stop thinking about him and give yourself the attention. You know, you said said weeks ago that, um, I don't know if you did check my website about doing life coaching, but we're running the half price sale. This is the time to do it if you're interested, because you need work on you in order to be able to manifest the things that you truly desire. Because right now you're spinning your wheels and you're focusing so much on the outer world that you're dishonoring you. Well, it's good to hear because I'm Saturday, I'm going to an all day retreat and that retreat is all about the inner me. And I'm very, very busy. I'm unbelievably busy. You know, I'm working out. I I mean, the list just goes on. Plus, I have my own work. But him, I just, you know, I know you say that I want more with him, but at this point, I would just love a conversation. That's all, you know, and then whatever happens. Yeah, what do you hope to get from the conversation? Right. What's that going to do for you? Because it's going to. It's give her more of way, him. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's Go ahead, gonna give it's you more of him. To, uh, no, it's a way to say, look, you know, I apologize if you thought I wanted something different. I I didn't want to make that the way it was, and it was just um, the whole experience was bizarre for me. You know, I think back on it and it. Every phase of that was very bizarre for me. But why and is it wasn't that so something... important that you straighten that out with him? Is it closure or is it maybe he'll come back? No, 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 not come back. I can't even go anywhere with him. Uh-huh. It's it's a bizarre situation with he and I. Well, he's it's a like lot younger. Karmic, sounds like one of those karmic uh, situations I was talking about before where there's a connection but it really goes into the twilight zone. Well, he's a lot younger than she is. Yeah. And he's not he's not someone that I, you know, would feel my interest being held. I just he gave me a lot of worship. He was worshiping me. Mm-hmm. And I just look at that and I think, you know, that was really nice. And I didn't realize how nice it was when it was happening. Mhm. 
but I think it's important for you to admit to yourself that you missed that. Well, if you I'll, didn't, I'll if you didn't, it. well, maybe in this weekend class that you're going to, the reality, you know, the realization right. will come to you because if you didn't miss it, you'd be able to let it go. Or even better, you'd be able to walk away. Probably. I I think that for him, it was not a, um, you know, it was just really, it was a total, total misunderstanding. I totally misunderstood the whole thing from the get-go. I didn't understand what was going on. And I don't mean to make it sound like I was Pollyanna or anything like that. <laughs> but I I would like, you know, if he wants to drop in periodically, that's fine. I mean, even if it's by phone call. That's all. You know, that's all I want. He's not someone I want to have a a relationship. No. Uh-uh. It doesn't hold my interest. He didn't right. hold my interest either. Right. But I think you missed the attention right now. And that's what you're well, you're really craving to get back. You might not see it yet, but maybe after that class you will. Yeah, there's no depth there though. I, it's not a class. It's an all-day meditation. It's a it's a meditation center. It's but that's even center. better. So, that's even better. You'll have that time to so do looking, that reflection. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And well, thank you, thank you, I uh, for your time, you all. Thank you. Yeah, enjoy your retreat. Enjoy your retreat, and, and give give your mind some time to open up to whatever's there for you. Oh, well, that's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's good to hear, right? <laughs> you all take care. You too, Lisa. Thank, Thank you. you so much for Bye-bye. calling in. We yeah. had a really good show tonight. There's a lot of interesting uh, callers, a lot of different topics that we can all kind of um, take to heart. And I know I'm going to be <laughs> working through some of this. Let it be, not let it go. Let it be. That's a... Uh, perspective shift that is really important and I think that's a, a great way of looking at things so we want to thank and that is actually good advice to Lisa let it be let it Instead, be exactly. right just let it mm-hmm. be yep well thank you to our live stream viewers and those who called in tonight we enjoyed hearing your stories and we really appreciate you uh, especially those of you who was uh, on the on hold for a long time we know it's it's a long wait sometimes Um, Our next show is on Thursday, July 29th at 8 p.m., and the topic is astrology and the age of Aquarius. So mark your calendars. Be sure to join us for that exciting show show, and in two weeks here on Blog Talk Radio as well as video streaming live at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, We have lots of great topics in queue, and welcome your suggestions for topics that you want want us to talk about. Email us at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com with your suggestions, testimonials, or just to say hello. Please visit Lady Fontaine at ladyfontaine.com for a reading or life coaching session. For those listeners in New York, visit Jim at East West Healing Arts in Hartsdale, New York. Website is eastwesthealing.info. Facebook page is East West Healing Arts. And I have my own show on purerockradio.net on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard called Six Degrees with Paula Blocka. Good night, and we look forward to seeing you on June 10th at 8 p.m. on Eye on the Future.
Another great show thanks to our callers and wonderful listeners. Be sure to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Check back regularly for info on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future. Blessings and